Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Yeah, it's about that time. Starting to get all tingly and excited for playoff hockey. AT&T Sports Network just busted open. They're open. Wayne Simmons walking in. Jakub Borchek, who looks like an ugly Claude Giroux, walking in. And there's the man, Sidney Crosby. 58 minutes exactly until game number four. Joining us now to discuss... One of our favorites, Jesse Marshall from The Athletic. What's up, Jesse? How's it going, guys? It's good, man. Let's start with the injuries. Hornquist, ouchie, he's not playing. Couturier, come on, Gudis. Ouchie, he's not playing. Which has a bigger effect? Uh, Couturier, uh, just because the Flyers don't have the depth to to really make up for his loss. Um, Patrick Hornquist, a big loss, Adam. Don't, make no bones about that. I mean, that, you, you think about that game, game three, when the Flyers are just swarming the Penguins in the first eight or nine minutes, that first goal, the Crosby wraparound goal, came as a result of, of Hornquist making a simple play to dump the puck in and uh, eliminate uh, a player, uh, Ivan Provorov, at that uh, from the play so that Sidney Crosby had a space to do his thing. So it is a big loss, but the Penguins can supplant that loss. I mean, they could draw from deeper in the lineup, uh, and, and we've seen guys like Dominic Simone and, and Zach Aston step up into that role and score goals. Uh, Couturier is one of the reasons that the Flyers' top line clicks the way it does. We haven't really seen that line click all that much in the series because they have to play Sidney Crosby. Uh, but not having him is just a monumental loss for the Flyers. And he's an irreplaceable guy, and I don't know that they have somebody in that lineup that can step up and give anywhere close to the value that, that Couturier provides. Yeah, I don't want to poop all over Simone being on Crosby's wing, if that is indeed what the Penguins are going to do tonight. But if the Flyers had a healthy Couturier, I do think that, I don't know if it would totally flip in their favor, but I don't look at Gensel or Simone as as players who are excellent defensively or guys who are tremendous at keeping the puck in the offensive zone. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I do think that would have been a big advantage for the Flyers that might be null and void now at this point. Absolutely. And it's, it's, they just can't – I, I think there may be an element of this to Zach Aston Reese's game that we haven't really like seen a ton yet, but they just can't create space the way that Patrick Hornquist can. Um, I mean, when he gets in on the floor check, uh, dumping those pucks in, um, and I know – here's the thing, Adam. This is what people don't get about Patrick Hornquist. I'm going to go stat pat on you real quick. Um, <laughs> nobody likes it when, the pen, when people dump the puck into the zone, right? Everybody prefers carry in, right? Uh, but, but there's a guy named Corey, uh, Corey Snyder that works at The Athletic, uh, at Shutdown Line on Twitter. He tracks zone entries and zone exits of all shapes and fashions, right? And, and just looking at the games he's tracked this year, Adam, Patrick Cornquist received, re- retains, I should say, 90% of the pucks he dumps into the offensive zone. Holy crap. That's insane. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. So, I mean, that, that element of it there, and just a guy who puts his body on the line and, and really doesn't care about his well-being, uh, you can't discount that. And, and if he was out and, and Couturier was healthy, 
that would be lopsided. That would be a lopsided change to the Flyers, and it may be enough that Mike Sullivan might have considered playing Evgeny Malkin against that Couturier rather than Crosby. Tonight, though, I don't think you'll see any changes as a result of that injury. So I'm interested, do you think that the Penguins should play Simone with that top line or go back to what they had with Rust, or did you like so much what you saw with Rust, with Broussard, and Sherry that you keep that together? I would promote Zach Aston Reese to that line. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and the reason I say that is because Sidney Crosby, time and time and time again, has proven that he knows how to find people in front of the net. Um, I mean, look, at Chris Kunitz made an Olympic team because of that. Uh, I, I, I think that Zach Astor, said we saw him score four goals in his, in his short, brief stint with Crosby. Uh, that's because that's his office. Zach Aston Reese, that's not a development that, that occurred, Adam, from his NHL time. He's been doing that since he dominated at Northeastern. So this has always been his game. So he's always been about, and I think that line does need a presence like that on it. So that's what I would do. Uh, I don't think Aston Reese has looked bad in the, in, the, in the fourth line. I think he's been fine. I think you're going to get more out of them by bumping him up. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Now flipping back to Couturier, possibly missing and I think likely missing tonight's game. What should they do? What do you think they are going to do? Possibly move Giroux back to center, Nolan Patrick up to the first line. I guess they have a couple of options, but if Philpel is on that second line, I mean, turn the lights off. This thing's over, I think. Yeah, that's that's a big deal for the Flyers. And Dave Haxtell has been playing a fun game with, with Philpula in the sense, and I say fun game, fun for people in Pittsburgh, where he's just trying everything. <laughs> you look around the matchups of the series, and, and it's pretty much been set in stone. I mean, you do get your one-off shifts where maybe after a power play or a penalty kill, things change. Um, it, it's Ben Giroux and Crosby. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's Ben Malkin and Patrick. Uh, Sopola has been kind of bounced around, and I think Haxtell is just trying to deploy him in a way that hurts his team the least. Uh, and now that's, that's probably not something he's going to be able to do anymore. He's going to have to give that line more minutes. Uh, I think Giroux moves back to center, Adam, and the reason I say that is because he's just been that good in faceoff. Uh, so I don't know that you bump Nolan Patrick up. I think you just let, I think you let Giroux play his natural position, uh, and you try to enable him to neutralize Sidney Crosby uh, by winning a lot of draws and uh, keeping him hemmed up in the defensive zone if possible. Uh, that's what I expect for tonight. Uh, if Couturier is, in fact, out. We don't do things delicately around here, so I'll just ask the question the best way I know how to. Why has Giroux stunk this series? He's playing against Sidney Crosby. Oh, that'll do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sidney Crosby is right now. Mike Sullivan, Mike Sullivan's complimentary of his players, Adam, but in a very sensical way, right? You don't get a lot of hot takes out of Mike Sullivan. Uh, he said on two separate occasions, uh, Tuesday or Monday, that Sidney Crosby unequivocally, make no bones about it, is the best 200-foot center in the National Hockey League. Because he's never a guy that you're going to see get votes for the Selkie Trophy. Uh, unfairly so, he pointed out. Uh, but he feels that Sidney Crosby is the best 200-foot player in the game, not only because he's good defensively, he is good defensively, uh, but because sometimes good defense is playing good offense. And I look at Sid, what he's done with the puck in the series, using his feet to corral pucks, making sharp decisions without even having – I mean, look at that Dumoulin pass, Adam. He never mm. even looked at him. Never looked at him. He never saw him. He had no idea where Brian Dumoulin was. Maybe Dumoulin might have yelled at him. 
Uh, but let's use like a third eye where his, just about where his, his ear is. I don't know how he's making these plays. And you think about how good City Crosby was the last two runs. He won a freaking Con Smythe trophy. I think he's been even better this year, and it's really that's really a hard thing for me to fathom because uh, I didn't think it was possible with him being a year older, yet here we are uh, watching him just continue to do the things that he's done over the course of the last two runs. Jesse Marshall joining us here on the Crowley Show. Third line had really good possession numbers in game number three. Brian Rust on the line with Derek Broussard. And look, there was a lot of special teams being played. I think it was 25 total minutes in game number three. Um, but what did you see out of that unit? Why did it work so well? I, that's, it, I've had a really hard time pinning down the Penguins' third line. Uh, and I look at I look at whether Derek Broussard being with Phil Kessel, whatever. I think I think ultimately, Adam, here's the answer I'm going to give you. Phil Kessel wasn't on that line, and I'm not trying to take away that is not an indictment of Phil Kessel. But Phil Kessel makes a line a quick strike line, right? That's what Phil Kessel's about. He loves rush shots. He loves to get the puck off the stick as quickly as he possibly can. Uh, he loves to make plays that lend themselves to rush shots. I've kind of like given up on the Penguins' third line trying to be good in terms of puck possession. Mm. If it has Phil Kessel on it, Adam, let him go out there and try to score. And I, at the end of the day, that's, that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I don't think they're playing poorly. I think they're just a one-strike team. And the, the quality of chance that they generate, I think, is generally a little higher uh, as a result of those uh, rush shots and those rush chances. Um, so I think... The, the, the mold of that third line, I think, changed for game three. Uh, and I don't know that Derek Broussard loves to play the game that way that Phil Kessel does. I think he wants to get in on the forecheck and, and grind it down and, and play that tough playoff hockey. And I think he, he had a complement of players with him in game three that liked to do that too. Uh, I think ultimately that's probably the reason that, that you saw a shift in the data. Um, and, and there's no wrong answer. You know, whether Mike Sullivan goes back to that well tonight or Phil Kessel gets bumped back down, uh, you know, I don't anticipate him to change a winning formula. But, uh, you know, if, either way, I think they're in good hands. I think it's just a, a mentality change uh, depending on who Derek Broussard is, is centering. Power play, Jesse, is not going to have Patrick Hornquist, obviously, and the numbers bear out the fact that that's not a good thing for the Penguins. It's about 14% higher thus far this year with Patrick Hornquist in the lineup as opposed to when he's not in the lineup. Usually Jake Gensel's the guy who's going to take his spot. Would you do that, or would you have Zach Aston Reese the guy there? I think you would go with Zach Aston Reese. I think you could go with Brian Rust. Uh, you point. have to get somebody that can get in front of that net and create chances uh, down low. Um, I think the Penguins hit on something, Adam, in, th in Game 3 that they had not found yet in this series on, the, on that top power play unit. Uh, and that requires two guys in front of the net. It requires two guys in front of the net to magnetize that Flyers defense into them. You don't, you, you're never going to find a penalty kill that's just okay with two players occupying space in front of the net, right? Uh, they're, they're always going to draw that penalty kill in. Uh, I think what the Penguins hit on, Adam, is something Mike Sullivan's talked about a lot lately, and it's not shot volume, uh, it's shot selection. Uh, you, know, you know, you think about that Penguins power play, you, know, you have Phil Kessel, Justin Schultz, or Chris Letang uh, at the top of the point by themselves, uh, and then Evgeny Malkin. It's sort of that old umbrella structure, Adam, right? Uh, and, and the Flyers have made it a point to try to box out 
Kessel and Malkin on the penalty kill because they know that's where the threat is. The threat is at the top of the circle. Uh, so what the Penguins have done in response to that boxing uh, is they have started to hold longer. You think back to that Justin Schultz goal in Game 3. If Genny Malkin holds that puck, he sneaks into the circle a little bit, kind of feigns shot. That draws the penalty kill to him and opens up a lane for Schultz to get a shot off. So I think if you one thing to keep an eye on tonight in Game 4, when the Penguins are on the man advantage, watch them try to outweigh Philadelphia. Uh, and one of two things is going to happen. That, that patience and that, that, that waiting is either going to open up a shot for a guy like Malkin or Kessel, or it's going to open up the middle of the ice for Justin Schultz. Uh, I think that's the, that's the question that Philadelphia is going to have to answer tonight, is what do they do about that patience? Last thing here for you, Jesse. Can Vegas really win this whole thing? No, I think Las Vegas is going to lose to San Jose in the next round. Nice. The Sharks are a nightmare, right? An absolute nightmare right now. And they, stumped, they woke up Evander Kane. Uh, that is not good news. Look at the Ducks right now. And they just add an absolute that, – that meltdown – uh, in Game 3 of that series was the biggest meltdown of the playoffs so far. Uh, with Corey Perry losing his mind, <laughs> gets left getting kicked out of the game. That's what the Sharks are bringing to the table. I know Marc-Andre Fleury's looked unbeatable. Uh, and good for him, by the way. I'm, I'm very happy that he has. Uh, but I just think from a depth perspective uh, and from a skill perspective, I don't think that Las Vegas can, can beat San Jose. I have San Jose and Winnipeg coming out of the West. Awesome stuff, Jesse, as always, man. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk soon, I hope. Let me throw this at you. Hellman's mayonnaise, they have a squirt bottle now for it. There's something different about that mayonnaise, Adam. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Does it taste different out of the squirter? He's right. Different. It tastes different, and it's not a bad thing. Oh, baby. And I'm going to say it's a game changer. Tomorrow, burgers on the show. Jesse Marshall's invited. Let's make it happen. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Take care. We're doing that. Yeah, he's not. He's right about that. There is. There's a little twist on that that makes it taste a little different, and mm. it ain't bad at all. Mm. And it's less messy. You don't have to pull a knife out of the drawer. You know, all kinds of cool. Just see, that's a thing that drives me crazy. I'm a big tuna guy. Yeah. I love tuna melts, and always my wife gets home and she's like, "Dude, why'd you use four different knives?" And it's like, "Well, I had to make my tuna sandwich. <laughs> I do that. I too. pull out different tuna with the, with the knife than I do with the with, pull the mayonnaise out with a different knife, and it's a whole mess." It takes half my utensil like drawer to like make a sandwich. It really does. That's funny. It does, man. <laughs> Tom, someone called in during the Jesse segment. What the hell happened there? Yeah, they asked me if this was the show, and I told him it was the Crowley show, and then he said, "Oh, sorry," and he hung up. Hmm. Probably thought he was calling Madden. Dumbass! Coming up next. I'm just kidding. Call back anytime. No, you're not. We'll have visitors. <laughs> no, no, he's come a dumbass. On in. No, he's a dumbass. I mean, he's not smart. We'll we'll take dumb people here. That's why. Stat Pat. Now easy there. What? He's got a PhD. Doesn't mean he's smart. That's true. He's just a good test taker. Coming up next, Emily Kaplan from ESPN. We love her. Nothing to add. What were you going to say? You look like you're going to say I, something. Was I? No, I was waiting for you to go to break. No, I love her too. Very much so. And in fact, I'd like to extend an offer for a date if she's not involved. Oh, for the Brian, love of you know God. That is just too much. Like too far. To. You have one woman on the show and Brian's asking her out. <laughs> no, we've had Katie O on here a bunch of times. Never asked her out. We've had other women on, I'm sure. That's true. Who did we? I think we have. <laughs> so there's two, and I only asked one. So there. Yeah. Suck it, Crowley. Running at about 50%. It's like Derek Broussard on the face-off. We go to break already. It's ESPN Pittsburgh.
Hi, Tom Bodette. If Motel 6 were an article of clothing, it would have to be a pair of jeans. Nothing that would bedazzle a fashionista, mind you. Just a comfortable American classic that would rather have more in the pockets than on them. That's Motel 6. Nothing fancy, just a clean, comfortable room for a great low price. And with the money you save, you can maybe get yourself a jean jacket, too. See you at the fashion show. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. What else should they put in a tube? Great question by oh, me. You're, t- you're talking about mayonnaise. Oh, my God. Yeah. They put sour cream in a tube now. You shut the hell up right now. I they swear put sour to God cream they do. Sour oh my God. cream in a tube. I could line my whole damn taco. Like with a straight line and a circle, whatever you want, Crowley. Uh, smiley face. Really proud of my hottest take of the day. That's coming up in uh, about 17 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Right now, though, very pleased to announce we are joined by one of our favorites, Emily Kaplan from ESPN. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Emily, the Penguins obviously have injury concerns with Patrick Hornquist, and no doubt the Flyers do with Sean Couturier perhaps not being in the lineup tonight. Which one's the bigger loss? I tend to think it's Couturier. I agree with you just because I think the Penguins have a deeper lineup and therefore can compensate for the loss of Hornquist. Coots is, you know, a two-way player for them. They Their top line has really carried them all year, and the loss of him is huge. Hornquist, you know, you see the stats where when he was missing for a couple games, it was January or February, uh, power play was under 13%. Obviously, the power play is what's driving Pittsburgh, and it's, you know, their best asset. But uh, they, they can replace him, and I'm not as worried about that. Emily, uh, I'm wondering what the Flyers will do if Couturier is not in the lineup, uh, how they will uh, roll their lines out there. Do you think there's a chance Claude Giroux moves back to center? Or what do you think they'll do? What should they do? That'd be interesting. I mean, I honestly think one of the more underrated stories of the year this year is Claude Giroux moving to winger and having a renaissance. We were all kind of writing him off last year like he was done, moves to wing and has an excellent year. I do know that fans in Philadelphia are going to be excited because I think one of the big criticisms of Dick Haxel is that he's not very flexible and he doesn't, you know, make moves as much as they want or adjustments, and this is going to force him to adjust. So I think Giroux's going to stay on the wing and they'll just kind of shuffle around their centers, but we'll see what happens. I've been really impressed by Nolan Patrick in this series. He definitely came on in the last game. I could have had a goal there on the breakaway. I think Ole Maldis had a great season, but he made him look like a pylon taking the puck to the net there. How have you seen him grow over the course of the year? And I suppose that he might be that guy then on the top line. Yeah, I'm starting to notice him a lot more in games than when I checked him out, you know, maybe in November or December, in a year where there's so many great rookies. Um, you know, there's probably five or six guys I could put on by Calder and Ballard in the top three. Uh, Nolan Patrick kind of got lost in the mix, but you're right. I think at this point of the stage, you know, he's had a big goal. His presence is known. Um, he could play first-line center right now. Emily Kaplan joining us here on the Crowley Show. How'd you have this series playing out beforehand, Emily, and how do you think things will go now, uh, assuming that Couturier is not going to be around? going exactly like this. I obviously thought the Pittsburgh Penguins would prevail, 
And kind of the way I view them right now is that they're just trolling the rest of the league. Uh, you know, you look at the way they started this season. Seriously, well, think about it. They kind of started this malaise, and they're like, all right, you know, we're back-to-back champs, and when they need to turn it on, they could turn it on. And that's what I see happening in a series. Like, they, okay, you know, kind of let one go in game two, but when they're on the brink and they know they need a win, they will score all of the goals against Brian Elliott, whoever's in net, and move on to the second round. I love that take. That is such a great take. The, the way that they've kind of warmed up to it all season long. And, oh, here, here's seven goals. Good luck. And then, oh, right. we'll let you have yours. And then, oh, here's five goals. Uh, good luck. Uh, having covered a lot of the players, obviously, throughout this league, uh, how does Sidney Crosby compare from a motivational standpoint? Uh, he obviously is a is somebody who works very hard, even with the talent that he has. But the motivation I think he took from his face being in all the urinals at the Wells Fargo Center is something that I think you have to behold with a with an athlete. Yeah, so this is my first year covering hockey. I used to cover the NFL. And one of the most interesting things I noticed off the bat with Crosby is that he's at his locker every single day, right? He faces the media every single day. He doesn't say something interesting, usually, but he's there. And um, But on the ice, there, there's this, this different spark in him. He's super superstitious, you notice, off the ice. But on the ice, I think when I talked about them trolling the league and needing to turn it on when they need to turn it on, like, he's the ringleader in that. Like, they're all feeding off of that energy. And this year, you know, we're kind of talking about, okay, maybe the reins are being cast that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. And Crosby's like, nah, I'm in the playoffs, and I'm going to show you I'm still the best player in the world. Emily Kaplan from ESPN joining us here on the Crowley Show. Let's talk a little bit about the league overall. The biggest story, I think, going at this moment right now is – what Marc-Andre Fleury and the Las Vegas Golden Knights are doing. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking about that here in Pittsburgh. And the thing that stinks is anytime you compliment Matt Murray, you've got people from the Fleury side who are chirping <laughs> at you. Uh, if you talk about how great Marc-Andre Fleury was in that series, you've got the Matt Murray people chirping, saying, hey, what about this guy? He's got a 930 save percentage thus far through these first three games. What has he brought to Vegas that maybe they didn't know that they could have this year? Yeah, so he's kind of the face of the franchise, right? He's the most accomplished player that they've got. But I think in a lot of ways, he exemplifies the entire roster. I actually have a story in ESPN, the magazine, coming out in like a week. It could not have been timed any better about this team. And it was really just about how they all really embrace his underdog role. All of them were players who were told at some point they were spare parts. They're not needed anymore. Marc-Andre Fleury, ridiculous stats of the Pittsburgh Penguins, all these career records, and it's like, now we're going with what, you know, management across America is saying. We're, we're going younger and cheaper. And um, it actually was a quote, I think, from Ryan Reeves who told me, who obviously went there at the trade deadline. And he's like, you know, you look around the room and all of these players are guys that said, we don't, teams said, we don't want you or we want someone better. But they're all hungry and they all can play. And when I look at Marc-Andre Fleury this year, I see someone who's really hungry. I also see someone who's rested because he only had 46 starts this year. What do you make of George McPhee's job as the general manager of Vegas? Because – Hell, he obviously did a great job, and he's tailored this team to play a great style, uh, the style that a lot of teams are trying to win with in the league right now. But he kind of did it by accident, too. I think he picked a bunch of players that he thought could overperform and get moved out at the deadline, and now they've overperformed so much that they're a series went away from going to the conference final. It's pretty crazy, right? I mean, it's hilarious when you look back at these quotes over the summer where McPhee's telling everyone, we're going to make the playoffs in three years, contend for the Stanley Cup in six. You know, they obviously were going to be sellers at the deadline. But I also think that we didn't give him enough credit at the expansion draft for how well he gamed the system. In that ESPN the Magazine story I told you about, I talked to another Western Conference GM, and he was like, you know, 
think what George McPhee did is he forced everyone to overthink it. Everyone just needed to lose mm-hmm. one player, right? You just need to suck it up and lose one player. And everyone made these side deals, and they were so concerned of who they were giving up that McPhee got so much more than just one player from each team. And that's really playing to their benefit right now because they have so many assets. And, and he really was careful about what kind of character guys he was getting as well. Is it an indictment on the league that a team can come in in year one and be this good? Or is it just something that we have to come to terms with in this sport? It's a great question. I think part of it, you know, is a little bit of an indictment on scouting staff and saying, okay, well, why, why didn't you see something in this guy? Or why weren't you giving him an opportunity for a bigger role? At the same time, there's always a caveat that this expansion draft had more generous format than we've ever seen before. You know, there's no way um, this, they would have done this well if they had the same expansion draft format as, as years past that we've seen. Um, but I'll tell you, enough DMs and owners aren't complaining because when Seattle enters the league in hopefully 2020, they're paying $650 million, <laughs> an extra 150 than Vegas paid, and they're getting the exact same format, and no one's complaining because they want that money. Emily Kaplan from ESPN joining us here on the Crowley show. What else is sticking out to you uh, in the playoffs thus far? Anything that's surprising you or anything that you think is going according to plan exactly the way you thought it would? The thing that's going exactly according to plan the way I thought it was and I'm super pumped about is the Winnipeg Jets. Um, They've kind of been one of my fetishes this year. I love watching them play. They're young. They're plucky. I think Patrick Line, I had a feature of him on ESPN.com, is going to be one of the next big names of the uh, NHL, like a la Crosby or Ovechkin. He's got such an endearing personality, and the kid can play. They're so hard to match up against. I mean, Line is playing on the second line. They can play a defensive game if they want to. They can play a high-scoring game. And Connor Hellebuck um, set a record for American goalie, which is pretty ridiculous. He's only 24 years old, so they've been really fun to watch for me. That's a really good one. Uh, It's so much fun to see that home crowd get fired up. And, hell, I guess that whole series is just great with Minnesota being there as well. But uh, they're so fired up in Winnipeg. I'll agree with you on that. The thing about Line A is he scares me a little bit. He kind of looks like Rasputin. <laughs> well, the crazy thing about Line a is the beard, right? And and that was a big part of my article. And every single day he gets into that locker room, and the guys rip on his beard. They tell him how ugly he is. They tell him he needs to shave it. And he just doesn't care. He's not faced by anything. It, it's really remarkable personality trait. The kid's only 19 years old. We're here in Pittsburgh, so I'm really not supposed to feel bad for the Washington Capitals, but I kind of feel bad for the Washington Capitals, despite the fact that they won last night. It just It's the same script that we see over and over and over again. They couldn't find a way to close leads in games one and two. Uh, yesterday they get the bounce, and, and that's good for them, but what happens if they get bounced unceremoniously again, this time maybe in the first round? Is it time to start thinking, all right, we need to come at this a different way? Oh, it's time, and I'm telling you, there's going to be big changes in Washington this season. The only way there wouldn't be is if they miraculously win the Stanley Cup. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Barry Trotz has been widely reported. He does not have a contract for next year. There's a reason for that. I think they're probably going to go in a different direction, and I honestly think they're going to go into the summer and everyone besides Ovechkin's on the table. Like, you're going to hear trade rumors involving someone like Nick Backstrom, or, you know, they have two goalies that they feel are capable. Grubauer is going to be a restricted free agent. Go put Holpe on the market and see what you can get from him. I, I think, you know, they need to squeeze this championship window out of Ovechkin. They've been great in the regular season. hasn't happened in the offseason, in the, in the postseason, rather. And um, I, I really do sense that they're going to try to blow this thing up. In your opinion, Emily, and Emily Kaplan, ESPN, joining us here on the Crowley Show, is are the Maple Leafs back in this series, or is that a blip on the radar and otherwise what's going to be a, a series where Boston just bludgeons them? Isn't it hilarious, 
after the game threes when like a team like the Avalanche steals them for the Predators and everyone's like, whoa, like, we found the Predators were pretenders. Like, no, the Boston Bruins are still one of the more dominant teams we've seen in this postseason. Uh, I think that the Maple Leafs just arrived a little too early. They're still super young. The defensive deficiencies kind of scare me. Freddie Anderson doesn't feel like a guy who can really win you a game. Um, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch for a lot of years, but I do think this is still Boston series. Emily, we've got Wyshynski on tomorrow. What do we got to ask that guy? He he seems like he's a little bit out there, that dude. He is. Ask him to sing for you the rendition of Sweet Caroline uh, that the Golden Knights sing at their games. He's obsessed with it. Done. And I'm a West Virginia Mountaineer alum, and we actually have our own rendition uh, making fun of the Pittsburgh Panthers, but it is not appropriate for air. Uh, Emily, we, we sing it. I'm a Penn Stater. We got it out of Beaver Stadium. All right, very good. All right, we can at least bond over the fact that uh, there's a hatred of Pitt there. Uh, yeah, there you go. Emily, thank you so much for taking the time. I uh, really appreciate it. This was so enjoyable. Uh, have fun covering the rest of the playoffs. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Flyers have announced that Sean Couturier is out tonight, Game 4 against the Penguins. We had a feeling that, that was going to be the case. Here's the deal. Uh, that just can't happen. It can't happen. It can't. Uh, you can see a goalie get hurt with a shot going off his mask, and uh, things happen in, in a hockey practice. But, look, Gudis just needs to know that he's there. He has to know that he's there, and he needs to be smarter. You, you can't be reaching out for a puck. You can't have two drills going on at the same time. I had a sense, just based on what Claude Giroux said earlier in the day, that they were feeling pretty not good about the fact that he'd have a chance to play. And it's unfortunate for Philadelphia, but, I mean, I'm not going to be sad about it. Why would I be? You need luck to win a championship. I always believe that you need to play a short series to win a championship, and Couturier not playing tonight gives the Penguins a much better opportunity to make this a short series. That is a far bigger loss than Patrick Hornquist is. Not to say that Hornquist isn't a great player, but the Penguins have depth. The Penguins have been there before. The Flyers pivot, and their top line's not going to be playing. And now all the onus that we had already put on Claude Giroux earlier on in the series, it just falls upon him even harder. All the pressure's on Claude Giroux to be the guy, and hey, maybe it makes him turn his game up, but he's been invisible this series playing with a really good center. Maybe he'll play with Nolan Patrick. Maybe he'll be the guy. We'll let you know what we see in warm-ups. Coming up next, hottest take of the day, hottest media take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show, all leading up to Penguins and Flyers, which you can hear right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. I was driving in my car and I smelled a number five with fries. Hadn't stopped for lunch, made me realize it was just my ride. But with a new Fabrice car, I got it under control. Never come in light or bold. Choose how you roll. Fabrice car, roll with me and breathe happy Fabrice. La 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 la. You know I farted in my car and I need some Febreze. Febreze, yeah, Febreze, yeah. You know I farted in my car and I need some Febreze. Febreze, yeah. You know Just I a, farted uh. in my car and I need some Febreze. Oh yeah, Febreze, happy Febreze. La 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 la. You know I farted in my car so I needed some Febreze. <laughs> Cause I fought it in my car, and I fought it in my car. Febreze. Febreze. Hey, yeah. Katie, you just shut up in there! You know, I fought it in my car, and I need some Febreze. 
Febreze, yeah, Febreze, yeah. You know I bought it in my car and I need some Febreze. Ooh. Febreze, yeah. You Just know a, I bought uh. it in my car and I need some Febreze. Oh yeah, Febreze. Happy Febreze. La 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 la. You can't make this stuff up. Alright, that's a lie. You obviously could make this stuff up. If J.K. Rowling could come up with the entire world of Harry Potter and just make there be a wizarding world underground that the muggles don't know about, then I could make up just about anything. But I'm not making this up. Claude Giroux collided with Jordan Wheel during warm-ups. No, no. I'm not kidding. And hit the boards pretty hard, according to reports. He got up, but the Flyers are snake-bitten right now. They be effed. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to report some child abuse. There was this cute little girl a couple of games ago in the Capitals Columbus series that was thrown a puck, but after her brothers were thrown pucks and the dad was being a D-bag and giving the boys the pucks first, isn't that always what happens in society? The men get the opportunity first and then the woman comes in last. But that's not where the child abuse comes in. The child abuse is the fact that these children were raised as Capitals fans. And it is April 18th, which means that unfortunately for those young children, their lives are about to get markedly worse. Uh, those poor kids are about to take it on the chin. Sure, the Capitals won last night. And even if they win the series, it does not matter. Because what is waiting for them on the other side of the series is the Pittsburgh Penguins, which means Penguins in five, Penguins in six, Penguins in seven. No matter how many games, it's Penguins winning the series. I'm sorry, children. I will be calling Child Protective Services. Pro Football Talk tweeted this out today. Quote, I still think there's a chance Tom Brady pulls a Barry Sanders and walks away before the season, but maybe not, end quote. We see this all the time! It happened yesterday with Wingo! They're always couching their opinions! That's why we invented the butt belt. I still think there's a chance Tom Brady pulls a Barry Sanders and walks away before the season, but maybe not. Come on, Florio. You got to learn how to hot take, man. You got to learn how to throw the opinion out there and not be afraid about what could possibly be said. Let me give you an example. Breaking news here on the Crowley Show. Tom Brady will be back for the 2018-2019 season. And spoiler alert, so will Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronk says he wants to protect his head. Hey, Gronk. There's pudding in there. Yeah, you don't need to protect pudding. Brains, I understand. Pudding, no. So, again, right here on the Crowley Show, breaking news. Brady, back for 2018-19. And Rob Gronkowski catching touchdown passes from Tom Brady. Woo! Other crap. The Kings are done, despite their goalie finishing with a 1.55 goals against average and a 947 save percentage. Four games. That was quick. Woo! Other crap.
The Knights are the first team to sweep a series in their first series since the 1970 Penguins. The Pens were able to seal the deal versus California. Woo! Other crap. Glad they didn't blow that golden opportunity. Woo! Other crap. It's so cold out because Mother Nature thinks it's still winter since the Flyers are still playing hockey. Woo! Other crap. Yeah, I stole that one. Woo! Other crap. The Pirates gave everyone at last night's game a voucher for a lower-level ticket to another game later in the season. Really classy move for the Buckos. Really lucky for those 11 people. Woo! Other crap. According to reports, urban beavers are making their way in Pittsburgh. Should we expect an uptick in game violence? Woo! Other crap. Rural beavers are much more docile. Woo! Other crap. Suburban beavers drive Volvos. Woo! Other crap. Campus police are investigating after threatening tweets recently targeted Jim Harbaugh. Perhaps they should look at Urban Meyer. He's always talking about beating Harbaugh. Woo! Other crap. Adam Schefter is now reporting, the opposite of what I just reported, that Tom Brady has not committed to playing in 2018. He could have gone the Ben route and just told that to Crook and Phony. Woo! Other crap. Otani left his game against the Red Sox after two innings because of a blister on his hand, so he says. He had thrown 66 pitches in those two innings against a real red-blooded American lineup. How about a blister on the ego, foreigner? Woo! Other crap. He does handle wood more than your average pitcher. Woo! Other crap. Usually that just makes you go blind. Woo! Other crap. And kills kittens. Woo! Other crap. Someone should see if his palms are hairy. Other crap. It's been over 15,660 days since the Flyers' last Stanley Cup. Woo! Other crap. It's been 413 days since Pitt won a conference basketball game. It's time, baby. I'm feeling good about this one. For the three stars of the show. Third star! Tonight's third star of the show... Brian LaMartina! We got a baby bear and a plain white wrapper riding donkeys and flinging paper on Green Tree Road near Interstate 79. It's by the casket stand next to the Holy House. Kill the throttle and hide your bottles, else you're going to have to drop them green stamps. Second star! Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley! Yeah. Uh, the only thing that could get me more excited is if Kucherov got hurt. And you know, ah, Kuch is down. What happened to Kuch? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say Kuch before I get in trouble, so. You're fine. I'm good? That's yeah, it's K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with Kuch. No! Kuch be good. I love Kuch, in fact. First star! And tonight's first star of the show... 
Emily Kaplan! I obviously thought the Pittsburgh Penguins would prevail. And kind of the way I view them right now is that they're just trolling the rest of the league. Uh, you know, you look <laughs> at the way they started this season. Seriously, well, think about it. They kind of started in this malaise, and they're like, all right, you know, we're back-to-back champs. And when they need to turn it on, they could turn it on. And that's what I see happening in a series. Like, they, okay, you know, kind of let one go in game two. But when they're on the brink and they know they need a win, they will score all the goals against Brian Elliott, whoever's in net, and move on to the second round. A little late-breaking news here. Lawton's going to center the third line with Ruffle and Wheel. That is not a great line. Valtteri Filppula are going to center the second line for Philadelphia. I'm guessing they'll jumble things out throughout the ball game, puck game, if you will. But my <laughs> God, uh, I don't see a way the Flyers win tonight with that lineup. So that being said, they'll probably win by four. Uh, that's been the way this whole damn series has gone. Uh, just when you think a team's got the upper hand, just when you think a team's got momentum, just when you think a team's grabbing that thing by the sack, it goes the other way. But I'm feeling good about it. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the show, we'll either be talking about a tremendous Penguins victory or... A loss is going to make you want to pull your hair out. We got Greg Wasinski, the Puck Daddy, now of ESPN. He'll be joining us at 520, I want to say. 520. And Tim Benz, the vampire, the official one of the Crowley Show, will be joining us at 6. All Puck. See you then, bitches.